guys, it's Tez, the tax expert. Welcome to my podcast, Tez Talks Taxes. In this podcast, I talk on tax topics that concern individuals and small businesses. I give information in five to 10 minute increments because that way it's easier for you to digest the information, it's easier for you to complete an episode, and it's easier for you to be able to focus on the matter at hand. Today's episode is going to cover two tax terms, qualifying child and qualifying relative. If you listened to my prior episode when I spoke on the five filing statuses, you would have heard me use those terms there. Two of the statuses actually have a requirement for you to either have a qualifying child or a qualifying relative in order for you to use that status. It's very important for you to know if you have a dependent on your return that fits this definition so that you can choose the correct filing status. Let me just state something for the record real quick. You may hear me use the word child or relative when I'm referring to a qualifying child and a qualifying relative. You may also hear me use the word test. Test is the same thing as a requirement. There are requirements that have to be met and we're gonna go over each and every one of them. Also, I don't want you to get distracted by the word child. The reason why I'm saying this is because under the tax law, a child can actually be somebody who is over the age of 18. They have to fall within a certain criteria, but this is important for you to know because sometimes people think that they don't have a dependent who falls under the child category when that dependent actually does. Let's get right into it and talk about the qualifying child. The four requirements are their relationship, their age, their residency, and their support. Let's first talk about their relationship. They have to be your son, daughter, stepson, stepdaughter, or a descendant of such relative. They can also be a brother, sister, stepbrother, stepsister, or a descendant of such relative which could be a niece or nephew. This relationship includes children who are also foster children or adopted children. So you can have a foster child that qualifies as long as they've been placed into your home by an authorized placement agency or by a decree under the courts. Let's move on to the second requirement, which is their age. If you recall from earlier, I mentioned that there are situations where the age does not matter, and this is where I'm going to address that. So the first thing that you need to know is that the individual must be younger than you if you're going to claim them as a child on your tax return. And the individual should either be under the age of 19 by the end of the tax year or under the age of 24 at the end of the tax year while being a full-time student. So if that individual happens to be 19 years old and not a full-time student, then they don't qualify as a qualifying child. If that individual happens to be the age of 19 or under the age of 24 and they're a full-time student, then they do qualify as a qualifying child. However, if that individual is 19 and older and not a full-time student, they don't qualify as a child unless they are disabled. 
This right here is what I was referring to when I stated that you can have a child over the age of 18 that is considered a child on your tax return. When you have a child who is disabled and they're over the age of 18 years old, you're able to claim them no matter what age they are. So you could be 65 years old and your child could be 40 and you can still have your child on your tax return as a qualifying child due to the fact that they are disabled. Now there are regulations that determine who is disabled and to what extent, but that's out of the scope of this particular session. Let's move on to the next part, which is their residency. So the individual must have the same place of residence as the taxpayer for more than half of the year. Temporary absences are allowed. A temporary absence can be caused by a child going away to college, going into the military, or even having an illness where they have to spend time in the hospital. Also, children who were kidnapped or considered missing are considered for this particular residency test. Let's now discuss the rule for support. If you want to claim a dependent on your tax return, they must not have provided more than half of their own support. Support includes amounts spent on food, shelter, clothing, medical and dental care, education, transportation, and similar necessities. So if you have a child who is working and they're paying all of those things on their own, then they have paid for more than half of their own support. And as the rule states, when a child pays for more than half of their support, they are not a qualifying child on your tax return. So once again, the four requirements are the relationship test, the age test, the residency test, and the support test. If you follow and meet all of these tests, you have a qualifying child. Let's talk about the qualifying relative. So under this definition, you are able to claim a qualifying relative as a dependent on your tax return if certain requirements are met. The four requirements for this option are the relationship test, the gross income test, the support test, and the fact that they are not a qualifying child. Let's talk about the last one first. The fact that they're not a qualifying child. This person cannot be a qualifying child for you during the tax year or for anybody else. They can't be a qualifying child at all. Not for you, not for the next person, not for the next person after that. Okay? If they fit under the definition of a qualifying child, they are not a qualifying relative. And you cannot add them on your tax return as a qualifying relative. Let's move on to the relationship test. This is very similar to the relationship test for a qualifying child. However, the relationship for a relative is a little bit different. I know it sounds crazy, right? But this is tax law, so bear with me. In order for this person to meet the requirement of being a relative, they have to be one of the following. Now listen up because I'm gonna give you a long list. The person can be your son, daughter, stepchild, foster child, or a descendant of such, like your grandchild. They can be your brother, sister, half-brother, half-sister, or your niece and nephew. The person can be your father or your mother or a descendant of such, like your grandparent. 
or it could be a sibling of either one of your parents, like your aunt or your uncle. The person can be your stepbrother, stepsister, stepfather, stepmother, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, father-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, mother-in-law. The person can also be anyone who lived in the household for the entire year as a member of the household. The next test is the gross income test. This is a requirement that states the relative must have a gross income of less than $4,200 in 2019. If the person has $4,201 for that tax year, they do not qualify to be filed as a qualifying relative on your tax return. Make sure that you're looking at what their gross income is and including all dollar amounts because gross income could include taxable unemployment, it could include taxable social security benefits, certain scholarships and fellowship grants, and other categories that are just too long for me to list. But the point here is for you to keep an eye out for what their income is and make sure it's not over the threshold. The final requirement, which is also considered a test, is called the support test. This means that you must have paid more than half of your relative support in the tax year that you're trying to claim them as a dependent. If you recall, when we went over the qualifying child rule, I mentioned that that child could not pay more than half of their own support. The difference with the qualifying relative rule is that you must pay more than half of that person's expenses in order for you to put them onto your tax return. And by expenses, I mean support. Earlier, I went over a list of things that would count as support. So just go back if you need to rehear it again or check out the show notes. I did include it in the show notes so that you guys can see the list. I may not have mentioned this when I discussed the qualifying child or the qualifying relative section, so I'm just going to mention it now. There are special rules in place for children who are kidnapped or missing. There are also special rules in place for individuals who have temporary absences, such as going into the military, maybe being in the hospital for a surgery, or a student who is away at college living on the college campus. Those type of absences do not disqualify you when you're applying the residency test. Remember, the residency test is where they have to live within your home for a certain period of time in order for you to claim them as a dependent on your tax return. So just take note of these absences so that that way, if it's ever questioned, you'll know exactly what happened at that time. But remember that these things do not make them ineligible from your tax return. On another note, I want you to know that all of the tests that I mentioned have to be met in order for an individual to qualify. You cannot just meet one of the four or three of the four. You have to meet four of four, regardless of whether you're trying to have a dependent as a child or as a relative, you have to meet all of the requirements or that dependent does not qualify. So protect yourself and make sure that you're doing everything the way you're supposed to be doing it so that there's no issues later on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Tune in for my next episode and don't forget to subscribe to my channel and let me know how you feel about my tax tips. Follow me on Instagram under the name tax expert. 
Take care.